Hey, what's up? My name is Dusty Otis. I am the lead pastor here at The Grove in Fort Collins, Colorado. Thank you so much for taking part of your day to be a part of this church, to engage in this message, and for supporting our ministry. It means more than you know. None of what we get to do happens without you. I pray that today's message speaks to your heart. I hope that it helps you move forward in your relationship with God, and I hope that you become just a little bit better in following Jesus because you took the time to listen today. Enjoy the message. Believe to build. Believe to build if you're a note taker. You guys like those note taking stations back there, huh? You're welcome. I brought those all the way from Michigan just for you. I see nobody wants the ones up front, so I might be moving these next week. We'll see. Somebody's left their coffee over there, okay? They had to evacuate. Not just you. We'll pull it over. <laughs> all right, so here we go. Um, the discussion on building on your beliefs, and so a lot of us, a lot of new faces today, by the way, so if you're here for the first time, my name is Dusty. I'm the pastor here, and I'm thankful my wife was actually singing for the first time in two and a half years, if you discount that one time that we tried to do it, it didn't work. And so, so um, her name is Heather, and we are grateful to be here. It's an honor for us to get to teach and lead and, and be with you this morning. And so um, if you're giving this morning, you can grab the envelope in the seat in front of you. It's the way that we give. We give because we believe in honoring God. We sing to God with our whole heart. We sow, we give back to the kingdom, and then we serve. You have people serving in the booth. There's people serving in the lobby, people serving before church. And so those are the three ways that we serve. We serve because it takes our whole heart. When you do this, this honors God. This honors God. When God has your whole heart, he says, this, that's good. That's real good. God's only ever after your heart. He's not after your works. And we'll talk about that a little bit today. And so Give you can grab the envelope or you can go online, you can text us, however you want to do that. Thank you. Thank you for supporting our church. It's a big deal. And so I think if we're going to believe, uh, build on a belief, it has to start with thanksgiving out of our heart. And sometimes it's really hard for us to do that because we tend to be a little bit bitter as human beings, right? 80% of our self-talk is negative, so it's really hard for us to say thanks. It's really hard for us to say thanks. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, the Bible says, give thanks in everything for this is the will of God for you. It doesn't say thank God for everything. It says give thanks in everything. There's a big difference there. And so then you want to give thanks to God for everything in every season, meaning when life stinks, you're still going to thank God in everything. When somebody's out to get you, you're still going to thank God for everything because you woke up, you have breath in life and you can see and, and, and life is good and God is good and you're provided for today and you made your way here. By the way, if you're here today, you're here intentionally. You're here on purpose. And so I hope your ears are open to hear and that your heart is open to receive. And so then uh, when we do this, um, I think it's, it's huge. And so our perspective, we limit our own perspective because our perspective is made up of, of what we internalize, is what we take. It's not that we take all the facts or all the thoughts or all of everything and, and form an opinion. We take what we like or what we don't like, and that becomes our perspective. And so then if we're going to be believe to build and we're going to build on something solid, it has to come from a heart of gratitude. We call it an attitude of gratitude in our house, as well as some other people in the world. And so if you'll open your Bibles, we're going to start in James 1, 2, 3. This is kind of the, the cornerstone scripture today. James 1, 2, and 3 says, Count it all joy whenever you face trials of any kind or every kind, knowing that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. There it is. And so then, this starts with a, a, a personal belief, and I'm going to call it a value. If you're taking notes, you can, write a, you can write values on the top of your page. I've been talking to our team here over the last 17 weeks about values because, because it, takes, it takes believers to build. And so then what are we believing for? What are we building on? And are we all rallied? Are we all believing in the same thing? And so if you write, if you write values there, here's what James 
1, 2, and 3 really says, okay? And I'm going re- to refresh the verse. We guys put that, James 1, 2, and 3 back up. So look at this, and I'm going to tell you what um, the interpretation is from, um, I can't remember his commentary. Here's what it says. Blessed, happy, spiritually prosperous, favored by God is the man who is steadfast under trial and perseveres when tempted. For when he has passed that test, overcome that battle, He's been approved and will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So then it's hard to have downhill values and downhill hopes and downhill dreams and still want to go to heaven, right? Your values and your hopes and your dreams and everything should align with that vision of get your eyes up, set your eyes on heaven, on things that are pure, lovely, noble, true, righteous, all of those things. Everybody say amen. Amen. And so then the reality in this is, is, And in this is because every time that you face one of these crappy decisions, you're showing one of your values. Every time you make a decision, you're showing what you value. You're showing people who you are. You're showing people the direction of your life when you make a decision, right? And so then you must clarify your values. And so that is really what block one is all about. What are your your values? What do you value? What do you cling to? And if you say, I don't know what the heck that is, Dusty. When the bullets are flying, when your life is falling apart, when things are going south, what do you cling to? What do you fall back on? What is that one thing, two things, 38 things, right? What are, those, what are those couple things that, man, if my world is falling apart, I have to have this to make it through this season. That's a value. And so your values guide your days. Now, here's the reality. When you find yourself in a, just a perfect, harmonious day and you hit all the green lights on the way to work and, and life is good, your values aren't being threatened, Period. And so nothing is coming against what I believe. And so, man, today was a really good day because, and you can label all the things that went good, and every one of those things that you think are good, you see life and you see no threat to who you are or what you value or what you believe. Now, in the last two years or so, plus, a lot of things have came against what you value and what you believe, and you've been pressed, and you've been pressed. But the Bible says you're pressed, not crushed, okay? And so then, the flip side of that is, When your values are threatened, that's when we have bad days. When who I am and what I believe gets pushed on or pressed against, that's when I tend to get a little bit defensive and fight back, right? And so then, when everything around you is good, that means there's not a threat to who you are or what you believe. And when it's bad, you're being threatened. And so then, how do you react in those moments? What first is what what, uh, the scripture we just shared. And so then, do you react in a moment where you feel like something's coming against what you believe, what you value, rather? Do you react in control? Oh, well, I guess I'll just have to do this myself, right? And so then we have more faith in ourselves than we do in God in those moments because, well, I'm sick of X, Y, and Z happening, and so I guess I'll just have to fix it as opposed to giving it to God. And so then, in moving forward with values, know this, a value is more than a like. Like, I really like it when my kids close the microwave and they hit the clear button so I can see what time it is when I come across. It's not a value. It's just something I like. I really like my car being cleaned, right? I love, I love a clean car, but my kids tend to leave trash in there all the time. That's, that's just something I prefer. That's not a value. And so I'm going to share a little bit behind the scenes of the Otis house and really the, the values of this church. Heather's values are honor, honesty, integrity, and communication. Now, I can get down with that. And the thing that we have in common, guys, this is years, okay? This is years that I'm sharing with you. The thing that we have in common is honesty. We love the truth. 
That's why the church isn't so popular for a lot of people because we want to come in and be fake. And you can't do that with God because God's looking at your intentions. He's looking at the intentions of your heart. And so then fake doesn't go well with us. And the church that we're building is not a fake church. That's why we want to have that intentional time of community. It makes you uncomfortable. But we're building that time in this service so we can get together and be on the same page and move forward together with the same heart and the same belief because that's what the Bible tells us to do. And so then here's what I don't like about that community moment, right? We stay stuck in this chair. I can do this now. We stay stuck in this chair and we go, right? And here, there's no connection there. It's heartless, right? And so then I believe that everybody's here on purpose and I think you should believe the same thing too. And so then because of that, we're gonna be honest, right? So then Heather is honesty, hospitality, integrity, communication. And I am honesty, honor, quality, and initiative. Man, nothing fires me up when something is good or when one of my kids takes initiative to pick up dog poop in the backyard or feed the dog or anything with the dog would be really good, right? And so if they, if they do that, it's amazing. So then, so then what you see is how Heather has her values and I have my values. Now, if we approach our marriage like that, Heather has her way and I have my way and we're never agreed. We're never agreed. We can agree on honesty, but the other three of hers and the other three of mine are, they're similar and they're built on the Bible and I can give you scripture to back them up. But if it's her way and my way, then we're approaching life two different ways. And she has the, you cover these bills and I'll cover these bills, right? You have the kids on this day and I have the kids on this day. So then what we formed is our way. And so I'm just giving you some background to to values here. So our way has to be the way that we lead our house. It's actually the way that we lead this house, honor, honesty, and hospitality. So when you walk in, you might say, wow, there's been a lot of renovation here and it looks really cool. And that's great if you feel that. But really what we're doing is honoring you when you walk in the door. We've prepared this place for you. We prepared the place for you. It's honor. I'm honoring you when you come in here. Why? Because God's going to be here today. And so then if I give you a place that's, that's 1983 and stained carpet, there's no expectation. I underwhelm you when you walk in and God's not an underwhelming God. He's just not. And so then if I don't prepare the place for you, which ultimately I'm preparing the place for God to meet you, then that's on me. And that's on me. So then we're going to honor you. And then that moment of honesty happens in that moment of community after worship right? Before we start the message where we actually get around, we're going to get real. Why? Because everybody's fell short. That's what the Bible says. We all fall short. Everybody has fallen short of the glory of God. That means what? Nobody here is squeaky clean. And the Bible says, if you think you are squeaky clean, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? And so then we have a friend who constantly says, your values are the rules to your road. Your values are the rules to your road. So then, where did you learn what you cling to? Where did you learn? Now, I'm stepping aside. I'm, I'm, there's an assumption here that we believe in Jesus because we're gathered here, okay? Did you learn your values from your mom or your dad? I had this issue. I learned a ton of my values from my dad, and then he turned out being, being just a hypocrite and leaving the whole family. So I was like, whoa, it rocked my world. It rocked me. And so I had to go to the Bible. I had to go to the Bible. Did you learn them from friends or coaches? You know, the one thing that we have with our kids right now is our influence is starting to be a little bit less and their friends is starting to be a little bit more. And so now we pray, God, please let them catch this, right? We're seeing so much change in our house. And so then, now, where did those traditions come from? We know who, who do we learn them from? Do we learn them from a pastor, right? Now, where do they come from? Did they come from habits? Did they come from negativity? Like, well, you just got to do this or this is going to happen. Did they come, did they happen? Do you value those things because of circumstance? 
because of what you've been pushed on? Do you have them from tradition? Tradition, where we come from, people value tradition more than they value anything else. And so here's what's good. Tradition's good. I love tradition. I love pageantry. I love sports. You see tradition a lot in sports. But tradition in your life means you would rather cling to something old than to change or to move forward into something new. And so valuing tradition means you value the past, which really limits how you can move forward in the future. Are you guys following me? And so then to have a value based on because grandma said so, you guys have probably heard this. um, There's a woman, she's gonna bake a ham, right? And she goes to put the ham in the oven. And before she puts the ham in the oven, she cuts each end off, right? And she cuts each end off and she puts it in the oven. And and the husband says, hey, why do you you cut the ends off the ham? Have you guys heard this before? It's changed your life, okay? And she says, well, my mom always did it. Well, we should call your mom and ask her why she's cutting the ends of the ham off. We're wasting some good meat there, and we have five kids to feed, so we probably shouldn't be cutting the ends off. So she calls her mom, and she says, hey, mom, can you tell me why we cut the ends of the ham off? And she says, well, I don't know. My, my mom always did it. And she goes, okay, well, we should call grandma. Thank God grandma's still alive. And they call grandma. They've been doing this for years now. And they call grandma and they say, hey, grandma, hey, can you tell us why you, why you cut the ends of the ham off before you put it in the oven? And, and she said, oh, honey, that's because the ham wouldn't fit in the pan. Yet for years, we've been cutting the ends off the ham. There was never an explanation. But hey, mom did it and her mom did it. So I guess we just do it, right? That's valuing tradition over having a real heart value. And so I'm going to show you a person in the Bible with some, with some messed up values. His name is Judas. This is Matthew 24, if you want to reference, it's Matthew 24, uh, 14 and 15. Judas uh, was with Jesus. He hung out with Jesus. He'd been taught by Jesus. He'd been with Jesus. He was one of the 12. This is a big deal to be one of the 12. We look at these guys, they'd be like, man, I would give anything to sit in those guys' shoes for 30 seconds, right? He's one of the 12. And Judas, it says, Judas went to the chief priest and said, what are you willing to give me to betray him? And they weighed out 30 pieces of silver to him. So here you go. And what you see in this moment, I'm not going to go very deep, but Judas valued money more than he valued anything Jesus taught him. He valued the dollar more than he valued any of the integrity, the wisdom, the guidance of anything that that Jesus gave to him. And so if you're a note taker, that shows you kind of the negative side. You got me and Heather's biblical values. You see Judas, the example we're using today. If you're taking notes today, your values are going to determine three things about you. And your values need to be rooted in the truth, by the way. So this is not a self-help talk. This is a Bible talk. I want to tell you the truth. I want to help you with the truth. So your Bibles are going to show three things about you, and they're going to determine three things. Your stress, your success. I have good writing today. And your salvation. Okay? Your values are going to determine these three things. Now, when they're rooted in the world, you're going to feel a a lot of trash with this. Okay, you're going to be high stress, you're going to be low success, and you're going to be, well, today I feel good because nothing's happened bad, so God must really love me today. That's how you're going to feel about your salvation when or if it's not rooted in the Bible. So then you need biblical beliefs, biblical values. And so what do I mean by this? Your stress, your success, and your salvation. So there's four things, okay? If you're taking notes, this is solid gold, by the way. And I can say that because I'm doing it. Unclear values. An unclear value is going to create confusion. It's going to create confusion. 
If I have, if I believe it one way and Heather believes it one way and we're not clear. So here's the deal. We don't even disagree unless we can agree on what we're disagreeing on. It's unclear. What is this rooted in? Do you believe in what this is rooted in? Why are we arguing? Why are we disagreeing right now? And we don't disagree that much because of that, right? Which makes us solve problems in the moment we're in, as opposed to let them build up for two years and then try to um, cancel the volcano erupting, right? And so unclear values cause confusion, which means a lot of gray area. And that's not cool, right? The second thing, conflicting values create tension. Conflicting values are the source for a lot of our arguments. A lot of the reasons we don't get along and we can't agree, we can't see eye to eye because our values are conflicting. Well, I value truth. Well, I like to be a liar, right? I don't tell you the truth. Well, I just want the truth. Well, then we're constantly living in this and it's not bad to live in a tension. By the way, you're never trying to solve a tension. You live in those tensions, right? You solve problems. You work through tensions. You work through tensions. You're not gonna solve a tension, False values create deception. This is, we're getting really real now. I think we've all lived in this. Okay, this probably goes back to junior high or high school. But you know what? I am this way, and I'm this way because I want you to go out with me. Right? Now I go out with you, and I find that I really, really like you, but I lied to you to start this relationship. And so then I have to keep being fake until how long? How long does it take before the truth comes out here and you realize, oh man, well, why did you just tell me that in the beginning and we could have fixed it? Well, because I thought you liked it because I was deceived. I was deceived. False values create deception. Wrong values, this is when we get outside the will of God. Wrong values uh, create dysfunction. Did I say that? Yeah, dysfunction. Dysfunction, and I just dotted my U. You're welcome. When you have a wrong value, these are based on flesh. This is physical desires. This is what I want. This is what I wish. I know I probably shouldn't, but man, if I just could, right? And this creates all the dysfunction in our life. You guys with me? Is this helping anybody? And so then, once you identify what you've learned, right? What are my values, okay? What are they rooted in? Now I have to prove them out. This is the place I got to with my dad. Well, my pastor said this, and my dad said this, but I really don't know that I believe that for myself. Is that true? And so then you have to go, and the place that you go to find, dig, live, read, build, is the Bible. Is the Bible. And so then you can't just value something because somebody else values it. It has to be rooted in a belief, right? Because just because values lead to confusion, tension, deception, and dysfunction in your life. They make your stress levels go through the roof. They eliminate your success levels. And you are unsure about your salvation. All because your values are here. Okay? I lived here. Okay? And remember, nobody's squeaky clean here. God doesn't want you to live in here. God, the Bible says God's not the author of confusion. We have to live in these. Okay? This is good. This is healthy. This means you're growing. When there's tension, you're growing, but not because of conflicting values. Right? God's not a God of deception. He doesn't lie. He's, he tells truth and nothing but the truth, right? And he's not a guy that wants dysfunction for your life. And so then God doesn't want this. He doesn't want you to live. He's not the author of this. Does everybody agree? And so because he's not, then we, that means we need to clear up what we believe. 
What do we believe? What do we really value? And so once you prove them out, if you're taking notes, you're going to ask your question this, who's the authority in my life? Who has the number one seat? You know, the Jesus take the wheel song. Who has the wheel? Who is the authority in my life? When everything is falling down, apart, falling down around me, when my world is falling apart, who do I go to? And there's really kind of two answers here. There might be a third, depending on the relationship you're in. Me or God or, or, or Barry, because Barry can fly all the way to South America, okay? Whatever. It's one of those two. And you really find that, that the answer in this lies in this little bitty word called N-I-N. And when we would say we believe in God, when you say that you believe in God, that's really you in control. But when you're bold enough to say, I believe God, I believe God. I had so many people rip me apart for leaving a massive church and a great team and, and all that. Why? Because this is the greatest cause in the face of the earth to help people move forward in their faith. In Oklahoma, you can fall out of bed into church, okay? It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome until you realize, wait a second, this is fake. Like, I might be real, but, but the people I'm around, they've got to a place where they need to be doing more or going more, and they're not, and because it's all nice and saturated in the Bible Belt, which is good. And so then, it comes down to you saying, I believe in God, and I believe God. And when you come to those times of conflict or, or tension in your life, that's what it really comes down to. Do you believe God? Do you believe what he says? Yes or no? Period. Or you can say, I, yeah, I believe in God. And if you notice when you say, I believe in God, that always comes with another word, but, or when, or if. No, I believe God, and I believe who he is, right? And so then, the truth of that is this. Media is determining a lot of this right now, and so we're so confused because there's an agenda being pushed right now by about 3% of America's population that is clouding this all up, and it's creating so much of this and me as a dad, it's really pushing on what I believe and what I value and what, I, what I'm trying to help my kids understand, right? And media's determined a lot of what we value, especially the people coming up behind us. And the truth is, the source of your values determines the quality of your life. And if the source of your values is the world or what culture is or, or what the latest Budweiser commercial told you or whatever, if that is the source, if that's the source, that's determining the quality of your life. Jeremiah 17:9 says, the human mind is more deceitful than anything else. Who can understand it? Your mind is going to misjudge more than you will give it credit for. Your mind is going to take you places farther than you believe or, or give it credit for, right? And so then the truth is we misjudge more wrong than we do right. And that clouds up who we are, who we're becoming. So then Proverbs 16:25, this is really good. It says, there's a road, and if you're underlining, you can say, that seems right. There's a road that seems right. Man, it sure seems right for a man to travel, but in the end, the road is death. And I'm not sure about you, but seems right doesn't seem like it's very stable. Seems right. I mean, I don't have any other options right now. Have I prayed about it? No, but I should probably go anyway, so we'll just go. Seems right. Seems right to me. And so then, the reality in the seems right is media is always going to show you what seems right. The news is always going to tell you what seems right. The person who doesn't believe in your life is always going to tell you what seems right. Well, what do you think? Well, it seems to me you should. And seems right is not factual. That's not biblical. It's a seems right. Could be. Could be. 
And so media is always going to change. Here's what I want you to see about values and what, what Jesus says. It's 1 John 2, 15 and 16. He says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. If you're building your values based on things in the world, the love of the Father is not in you. For everything in the world, lust of flesh, lust of eyes, and the pride of life does not come from the Father, but it comes from the world. Everybody say the world. The world. And so what this is saying is what the, what the world values, God does not. What the world values, God does not. It's not about looking good or material goods or X, Y, Z. You can fill in the blanks there. And so this is where it gets a little bit tough, okay? When we value what the world values, we start confusing our self-worth with our net worth. And we think that we need more. And if I have more, people will like me more. And self-worth and net worth have nothing to do um, with who God's called you to be. Because what happens is we start confusing those two and we got to realize that net worth is really, really a lie or a cloud or covered up. And it's really self-esteem. Net worth and self-esteem are like twin brothers, okay? They're like twin brothers. And I want to tell you that you cannot find anything about net worth or self-esteem in the Bible. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist because it's something that we created as man, human beings, because we believe we should always be reaching for more and attaining more and having more because the more we have, the more people like us. And you realize that the more you have, the more people like you. When you move away from a state and you go to a new place, you realize those people don't like you anyways. They just like what you have. They just like what you have, Right? And so you're not going to find self-esteem or net worth in the Bible, but you are going to find self-worth. There's over 100 promises from God about how he values you and what he says about you. And I'm just going to give you four of them today. By the way, the definition of self-esteem is giving somebody the authority to tell you who you are. Self-esteem is giving somebody else the authority to tell you who you are, either verbally, by comparison, or because, or because you've given them that place in your life. Hey, what do you think? And they say it, and then what do we say? Yep, you're right. That's who I am. That's who I'm always going to be. I guess so. And then we take that label, and we accept that label. Anybody ever been labeled here? Yeah. God didn't give you a label. Here's what God says about you. Your self-worth. This is the definition of self-worth. The definition of self-worth is believing who God says you are. I'm just going to give you four. In 1 Peter, he says you're gifted. In Ephesians 1, he says you're chosen. In Ephesians 2, he says you are prepared. That means you have everything you need to go right now. And in 1 Timothy 4, he says you're an example. And so then your value as a person is not connected to your valuables. We can't, we can't mistake those two. Your value is not connected to your valuables. It's connected to God. It's who he says you are. So then your values as a human being are connected to God, not what somebody else says they should be or what the media puts in your face. You with me? Is this good? So then, I'm going to close with this. If you want to decrease the stress in your life, you want to decrease stress, you want to increase success, and you want to be firm in your salvation, you want to solidify your salvation, you want to eliminate confusion, right? You want to balance tension. You want to eliminate deception, you want to eliminate the dysfunction in your life. Build your belief on the Bible. The Bible is the truth. And God says that the truth will set you free. Free, free from this.
living in this because of who God says you are, because of who God says you are. And so this week, your action step is pretty simple. I'm going to start doing this with you every week. I'm going to give you action steps. You're going to have to identify who is the source of your values. And you can give me the church answer right now and say, it's God. Oh, it's God, Dusty. Let's go to lunch. Okay? And everybody said amen to that, right? It's God. The truth is it should be, and we know that in our head. But until you believe it in your heart, there's not going to be change. Until you believe it in your heart, you're still going to experience this because your values are unclear, conflicting, false, and wrong. And so then identify who is the source of your values. Go back. You have to do some homework, right? Where did I learn that from? Why do I cut the ends of the ham off the pan, right? And ham off, yeah, something like that. The second thing is identify your values. You're going to have to start. This is a process. This is a process. I've been through this process with so many of our teammates. You're going to have to dig in and figure out what is in my heart. Part of it's who God's called you to be, okay? And again, your values aren't what you like. They're, they're what make you who you are. They're what happens when, when everything around you starts falling down. What do you cling to? And it's gotta be solid. It's gotta be on a firm foundation. It's gotta be rooted in the Bible. I've lived this, by the way, okay? So I'm not, I'm not leading you to go anywhere that you haven't been. And so then to start identifying your values, you have to revisit them. You have to remind yourself and you have to reevaluate. I co- we constantly reevaluate. We have, a, we have an Otis family mission statement. I'm on version 47 now. We've only been married 15 years. I'm still on version 47. Why? Because I'm always reevaluating these things. Why? Because I'm always growing. I'm always growing. I'm not going to stay stagnant. I'm either worse. I wake up and I believe I'm going to be better today. I'm going to be worse today. I'm not going to go to bed tonight the same person, right? And that's the discipline I carry. I'm not saying it has to be you, but I believe that we have to reevaluate constantly. So then do that. If you'd say, I have no clue where to start, go to Colossians chapter three. It's in the New Testament. Where do I start with this? Colossians chapter three. Just start, start there. Start there. And I think you're gonna find, um, by the way, that chapter is titled Rules for Holy Living, okay? Every version titles it something different. Don't, Don't worry about the title. Read the truth. Read the truth. What's the truth say? Yeah, there are rules. It's the way that we should go. It should be the way of our road, right? It should be the the path that we're on. It's Colossians chapter 3. It's a great reference point for you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It means more than you know to have you with us. And to all of you who partner with us and support the mission of our church, thank you. We cannot be the church without you. Go ahead and click the link in the description to partner with us now, or you can visit thegrovefc.com forward slash partner. If you enjoy the podcast, please take a minute to like and subscribe. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. This is how the gospel goes forward. Thanks again for being here today. God bless you.